uh, good afternoon and welcome to Speaking About Speaking. And I don't quite know what the word is, but I don't know whether I'm chuffed, honoured, privileged, uh, but I'm about to introduce uh, a marketing legend to you that also happens to be a fabulous keynote speaker. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out this fabulous introduction and then I will bring him on. Uh, and my guest today is Mark Schaefer, globally recognised author, speaker, futurist, and business consultant. He's a prolific writer and speaker whose work sits at the intersection of marketing, technology, and humanity. He has advanced degrees in marketing and organizational development, holds seven patents, and is a faculty member of the Graduate Studies Program at Rutgers University. He's the best-selling author of 10 books, 10 popular books, uh, including uh, the very first book on influence marketing. His blog, Grow, and the podcast, The Marketing Companion, are ranked amongst the top-rated publications in the marketing field. And it, it goes on. His clients range from successful startups to global brands such as Adidas, Johnson & Johnson, Dell, the U.S. Air Force, and the U.K. government. Uh, he's appeared on media channels such as CNN, The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, and CBS News. He is all the way from Tennessee where, and it says here, his very own bees make honey that wins blue ribbons at the state fair. <laughs> so please welcome to the stage, a huge round of applause, Mark Schaefer. Yay. Thank you for being here, Mark. I'm delighted to be here. Now, I have to say, I have to admit to being slightly nervous introducing you to my little old podcast uh, but I, and I have to say, partly due to listening to you speaking with David Yu about public speaking, and one thing that David said was that competence creates confidence. And here I am, I'm feeling less than confident because you are so much more competent in the speaking world than than I actually am. So that's what's making me. Whenever you, whenever you talk to to people who you you admire in the field, you just have to remember that, that none of them started that way. I mean, none of them, I mean, every, everybody has been where you are or below where you are. You know, my, I mean, my first speaking was to, you know, local um, civic organizations, you know, and, and my pay was a, you know, chicken sandwich, right. For lunch. Um, so you, you got, you know, you, you're humble and you just start and you grow and learn every time you give a speech. But yeah, I mean, you know, I guess maybe 12 or 13 years ago, I mean, I was speaking for chicken sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us about the first experience then. I mean, obviously you come, you know, you started in marketing. That's what you do. Uh, how did you end up speaking? What was your first speaking engagement? Do you remember? Yeah, actually, I yeah, I, I do. Well, so first, I mean, I, I used to be in the in the corporate world. Um, I was in the in the worked for a Fortune 100 company for about 25 years. So I mean, I was used to doing presentations. Occasionally, I would do guest lectures at universities, but was never really a speaker, um, let alone a keynote speaker. And then um, when I, I started my second career. And uh, the original design of my career was to be a marketing consultant. And so to be a marketing consultant and for people to know about me, 
I needed to get out there. So this would have been around 2008, 2009. And um, social media was the big force just starting to go into mainstream, uh, into mainstream business. So I knew this was a hot topic and I immersed myself in this and came up with a little speech. It was something like the seven things you need to know about social media right now. So super popular idea, super popular topic. And I just offered to speak for free. So there are some lessons there is, is, you, is when you're starting out, you, you want to find something that's, that's broadly interesting. Um, so the seven things you need to know about social media right now. Who needs to know that? Teachers, business people, educators, and nonprofits. So that's a speech I could give just about anywhere. And then I would, I would, I would talk to a local chamber of commerce, and someone at the chamber of commerce would say, oh, that was amazing. Could you come speak over here? And I'd say, yes. And then someone would see me there and they'd say, could you, could you uh, come speak at, at the capital city? Well, yes, I could, but could you pay my transportation and hotel? Yes, we will. And then someone sees you there and they say, can you come halfway across the country? Well, yes, I could, but you know, could you pay my transportation and give me you know, a thousand dollars. Oh, of course. And that's how it sort of picks up speed. So it just, you know, it starts out, you, you know, you just, you have to be humble. You really do. You have to be humble. You have to be willing to hone your craft because even today I've given hundreds of speeches all around the world. I learn something new. I face a new challenge every time I speak and it, and it makes you better and better and better. So you just have to be humble all the time and be willing to learn and put yourself out there. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I love that. Every every day is a school day. Uh, so I'm I'm well up for that. We have the lovely Ella Orr here with us who says, we've all got to start somewhere. Hi, Ella. Uh, which is absolutely true. And uh, yeah, we, we all know about those speaking for free for, for a few years. Sometimes I spoke to the uh, magnificent Tom Morris, who's a, a American public philosopher and keynote speaker. Tom's and a Tom's a friend. Yeah. And he, and he, you know, he said exactly as you did, you know, you, you start out humble and, and the, and the word spreads, you know, if you're yeah. talking about something that you're passionate about, yeah. but tell me a little bit about um, the nerves. <laughs> oh, here we have Ben Albert is with us here. He, I totally agree. Ben. Hi, ben. Uh, so yeah, tell us tell us about how how you cope with nerves then in in the beginning because uh, you you did tell a, a a very revealing story on your uh, podcast you shared with with David Yu about nerves. Yeah, and um, like I said, I, I I was used to giving presentations, but when you give a presentation, you're you're sort of in a familiar space. You're in a company with people that you know. Um, you sort of know the rhythm, you know the language. But when you go out and start doing it in front of a group of strangers, that's when the nerves really started to, to hit for me. And uh, something I think I talked about this on the podcast was um, when I started really going out and building my business by being a, a public speaker, I would 
I would have nerves so bad that at the beginning of my talk, my voice would shake. And I used to, I used to tell a lie. I used to tell people that I, you know, had a cold or I had allergies because, you know, then the, then the, uh, you know, the, the energy kicks in after the first two minutes, you become more comfortable and, and everything's okay. So I learned to sort of do some little tricks to get me through the first two minutes. And then really it, it, it was, you know, part of it obviously is experience. The more you do it, the more comfortable you get, you know, it's, 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 it's never going to get worse. It's always going to get better. So you just have to keep trying, keep putting yourself out there. And, um, you know, there was a, there was a one time I can remember I was terrified. It was my first big keynote speech and it was in front of three or 400, uh, very experienced professional marketing people. And I was just pacing backstage thinking, what am I doing here? I mean, what am I doing here? What in the world could I possibly say that's going to be interesting to these people? And, um, and then I just got mad. I, I got mad at myself because this was my job. This was part of my job now. And it's just like, you're going to work. Why would you be nervous going to work? You have got to put on your big boy pants and go to work. And so I just kind of got mad at myself and said, look, you know, I'm, I've just got to do this and go up there and, and, and let her rip. It's the only choice you have. You've done the preparation. You know, you're ready to go. Just let her rip. And um, the more I've done it, um, the more, the more fun it's become, the more confident I've become. Um, you know, I think right now I, I appear very, you know, at ease on the stage. You know, I did, I, I was recently a little bit intimidated. I was invited to give a keynote speech at a group of 300, uh, actually there were like almost 500 people there. If you count some people online and every person there was a C-level executive at a company worth over a billion dollars. Wow. Well, I'm looking at the invitation list. It's like Coca-Cola, Accenture, Boeing. And I finally just said, I can't look at that anymore. <laughs> I can't look. I, you know, and, and here's the only choice you have. Let her rip. Yeah. Be yourself. Let her yeah. rip. You don't have a choice. You, it's, you, it, you, there's you and your message and your preparation and your style, and there's nothing left to give. Yeah. Or so just give it. And, you know, for me, <clears throat> um, you know, because I work hard on the content of the speech, I work hard, very, very hard on the preparation of the speech. I work hard to know this is going to be relevant to this audience it works. It's, it works, you know, every, every single time. Yeah. So what, what came first? Was it the marketing or the, uh, no, was it when you started speaking, were you speaking because you'd written a book or be, did the book come after you became a speaker? Or did, I, I, I'm quite interested in this correlation of, of whether you need to write a book for your personal brand, whether you need to be a speaker for your personal brand. I mean, in terms of marketing, you know, where where does a book sit 
in the kind of hierarchy of, uh, of, of promoting yourself and what you do and building your personal brand? Well, you know, there's a couple of very important insights embedded in your question that I'd like to unpack. So number one is the idea of the personal brand. And these are definitely linked. People are only going to invite you to speak if they've heard of you. If they've known, if they know something about you, if people are talking about you and recommending you to others. So whether you want to monetize your personal services through a book, through speaking, through workshops, through online courses, you must work on your personal brand first. You must. There is no shortcut. And the more you work on your personal brand, the more opportunities come, the more doors open, and, and the more financial opportunities. So, I mean, so I've been a professional speaker for, let's call it 15 years. So the, the opportunities I'm getting now and the, pe the, you know, the, the revenue people are paying me now, would they have done that 10 years ago? No. Would they have done that five years ago? No. It's a process, right? Slow but steady. So that's number one. Now, let's talk about the book. It's not absolutely necessary, but it helps a lot for a couple of key reasons. Um, number one, writing a book helps clarify your thinking. It helps you come up with this big idea that can be what you're known for and what becomes your speech. Um, this can provide rocket fuel to your personal brand because writing a, a book is difficult. It automatically makes you elite. Forever you will be known as Jackie, the author of this book. Nobody knows if you only sold five copies. Nobody knows how much money you made. It doesn't matter. You are elite because you have written a book. No, that's very hard to do. And then the third reason is it provides a, a very important opportunity for monetization at the speech. So it goes like this. Well, Mark, we'd love to have you at our event, but we have a very limited budget. Um, we only have $3,000 and, you know, that's not really your rate. Well, okay. Okay. $3,000 you'll pay my transportation. Could you buy books? And the answer is almost always yes, because that's a separate budget. They have a speaker budget and then they have a, a, a budget for gifts for the swag bag. Ah, very and they good. Love, and they love books because now you can have a book signing and now it's really special. So after your speech, everybody comes and meets you you sign the book, they take their picture. Now, the economics are like this. If you self-publish a book, and that's definitely the way to go. That's a different conversation, but just that's the way to go. You can get as many books as you want. You can take a box of books with you. You can have them shipped to your speaking location for about $4 a book. 
If your book retails for 20, you give them a special deal, $15 a book, you're still making $11 a book times 300. You've just doubled your fees. I love that. And I, I, I knew about the book selling, but no, that's, yeah, I need to write a book. Absolutely. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I've, we've had a few questions come in, so we'll, we'll rush, not rush through them, but we'll go through those. Cause I'm, I still have questions to ask you about storytelling and TEDx, uh, but say hello to John Jockham says, uh, hi, Mark, did you ever have any professional speaking coaching or did you just do it? This is a weird story. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so when the short answer is no, my, here's my speaking coaching. Every year at Christmas time, I binge watch Ted talks because these are the best speakers, right? So I, I look at how they use humor, how they tell stories how they use props. So that's sort of where I get my inspiration. Now, it's not that I'm against speaking coaching, but here's what I'm afraid of. There's, there's something about me that I, I can't explain. When I'm on a stage, the feedback is always, Mark, I feel like you were talking directly to me. You kept my attention every single moment. No one's ever done that before. I'm afraid to screw it up. I'm afraid to be coached and start overthinking things. So I've learned, I've continued to improve, but I'm afraid to go through a coach because I'm doing fine. I'm always the highest rated speaker and I've got this special thing that I can't explain. I don't want it coached out of me. I don't want to start overthinking it. So that's a, probably not the, the answer John was expecting. <laughs> it wasn't the answer I was expecting, to be honest, considering you are, uh, you do coach other people in public speaking. Do you, do you then coach them in a, to not overthink and to not over, over sort of process what it is that they well, there's there's they certain do. things that you that you need to be intentional about. Um, so that's and that I think is the value of the speaking class I teach. That that okay, everybody knows you know you can kind of write a speech and then you know you you, you got to practice the speech, but there are lots and lots of little things about what is the technique you use to hold the attention so they don't say, oh, I wonder what's for dinner tonight. Or, geez, I wonder if my kid is sick. How do you keep them with you? So that's, you know, what about, um, what's, you know, what do you need to learn about the event before you go there? Why is, is, is it important to go to the stage, preferably the day before, to see? Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I have this friend, he always wears black. He usually wears a black turtleneck. He got on a stage, the whole backdrop was black. His presentation was a floating head. Now, those are things, so I've just learned all these little things that I can just put it right out there for you. The power of my 
of my class is this. You'll learn things that you'll be able to apply right away. Then what I encourage people to do is say, keep the recordings. Because as you get more advanced, there's going to be more advanced things you'll be able to apply as you go down, like contracts, like negotiating, like the book idea about you know doubling your your fees if you if, if you have a book. So um, I don't. It, it's not about really overcoaching. It's it's just giving insight into what it, it lowers the educational slope. Learning yeah. it lowers the learning curve. And says, yeah. look, I learned this the hard way. Just do this and you're going to be 10 times better right away. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, and I, I spoke to Anna Bravington, who's been through your course. And I know from <laughs> that she said it's literally the best course I've ever taken. And she's been yeah. to my speaker club. So, I, you know, I feel, I feel wounded that she, <laughs> she preferred coming to your class. Yeah, but and, ab- and, absolutely. And, that's, that's what she, that's yeah, what she yeah. took from it. And, and, and Anna is, 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 is really moving ahead in her career as a, as a speaker. And I know she's posted on social media that, you know, that her confidence and her style and her preparation, she really, you know, gives me a lot of credit for that. So, but yeah. she's, she is really killing it. She's killing yeah. it. Yeah, no, she's, she's great. And, and obviously she's one of the, one of the guys in your amazing marketing book ever, which mm-hmm. I am actually mentioned in the end notes. So I did get, I got in there. Yeah. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to talk about storytelling because I, I listened to the, the TEDx uh, talk that you did. And I just wonder, because in, in that 20 minutes or 18 minutes, however long you had to do a TEDx talk and it is that kind of succinct 20 minutes you can't you know you can't go over that you managed to fit in so many stories how important are are stories to you and and the way that you you uh, structure your your talks well it's it's the most important thing um so first of all um to be an effective speaker you can't provide information. You know, you can get information on Google. If you're just providing, you know, pie charts and graphs, you can get that on Google. So what makes a speech effective and memorable are insights. And if you tell a story that's yours, you're guaranteed to be original because nobody's ever heard that before. So that's number one. Number two Storytelling is is the most effective teaching technique. If you give a keynote speech, you want to leave your audience with three, four, five, maybe good ideas, something that they can remember and take action on. If you just show statistics and numbers, no one's going to remember that. If you illustrate it with a story to show the power of doing something differently, that's a story they can tell other people and say, that's why I need to do this. That's why we need the money for this. This is why we need to change. And even years after my speeches, people come up to me and say, tell that soap story, you know, tell that, you know, tell that bear story because that's what they remember. They're never going to remember 
the 23% of humans, blah, 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 blah. But they'll remember the stories. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the soap story myself. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to you, Mark Masters. Hello, Mark. Uh, which of your books has helped to deliver the strongest presentation? I.e., applause, cue of people afterwards, strong questions asked. That would be marketing rebellion. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how this happened, but when I have a new speech, um you know, you test it out and then you come back and you redo it and you come back and you redo it and you learn something. And after a few months, you're on version six or seven or eight and it gets better and better and better. The speech I put together there to support for marketing rebellion was my best speech on day one. And I cannot explain it. I really can't, but it just it just killed. Uh, it was a, it was a blockbuster speech. It was a fun speech. Um, you know, I, the first time I ever gave the speech was I, I was the opening keynote speaker at the National Speakers Association meeting. That is not a good. That's not a smart place to debut a speech. But I remember that I gave the speech. And I told a story and I heard people in the audience gasp. <clears throat> you know, I heard them laugh. And afterwards, I talked to one of my friends that was sitting near the front. I said, did I, did I hear that right? Did they gasp? She said, yes, it was such a beautiful story. It kind of like took people's breath away. So that, that one just knocked it out of the park. And it was because of the storytelling. And yeah. some of those stories have been so popular. I've, I've incorporated them in, in some of my current speeches. Yeah, it's uh, that Maya Angelou quote of, uh, they won't remember what you said, but they will remember how you made them feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think stories really do that. I mean, I did, watching the TEDx talk, the fact that you started by, by, with the COVID story, and I, I remember very well during COVID being on a Zoom call uh, you are the media and you were there on the screen. Oh, that was my, that was my, <laughs> last, not very well. Yeah. That was my last talk for, for at least two months, yeah. maybe longer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they, they do resonate those stories. Um, well, I mean, Liam, Liam Toms is here as well. And Lee Taylor is also asking about, uh, the stories, how important are they when you prepare your presentation and hold attention, which I think you may have covered there, but but it well, is so here, so here's here's how I do this. So let's say I, I think about most of my speeches sort of are connected to a, a, a book. It takes me about two years to research and write a book, and when I write a book, I've also acquired a new competency. It's almost like getting a master's degree. Because you study, I mean, you, I mean, I, the thing I never want to happen, Jackie, is to like, is to write a book, and someone to leave me a review that says, "Well, we love Mark. He's such a nice guy, but the big dummy forgot this." So I want to write a book that's complete, that really, you know, covers it well, that that you know serves my audience 
really, really well. So, so I've got something new to talk about. I've got a new idea. I've got some things. And what I'll do is in if a keynote speech is normally 45 minutes, you can usually make maybe four points in 45 minutes. So my opening will be, here's the business case. This is, I'm going to talk about this today. And that's why this is important and relevant to you. Now, here's why. And four things you can do that illustrate what you need to do next. Each of those points is illustrated with a story. And, and, and it, it, it's a unique story. It's a story from my book or it's a story from my life. And so that helps them remember the four points. I might have a chart just to kind of reinforce. Here's, the, you know, here's a reminder of why this is important. But generally, each main point is supported by a story. And that's um, a pretty common and effective speech structure technique. Yeah. And I and Ella, who's here today, we did a we did a similar thing with, with, with Ella was doing a talk and 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 we did that. We literally took those visuals and we hung a story on the visuals as as a uh, to underline a point that she was trying to make. But she's saying here how how important is it to have a speaker page on your website to secure speaking gigs? Do you get speaking gigs through your website? Well, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 essential because um, you know, first of all, it's funny that. A lot of people who want to speak, maybe they're, you know, they're afraid to declare that. Um, uh, you know, I have a friend who wants to build a speaking career. I said, put uh, an option on your nav navigation bar on your website that says speaking. Let people know, even if you're just starting out. And look, I've got a friend in New York who is speaking, who is starting out in their speaking career. He had never given a big speech. He went to a theater with a photographer, got up, stood on the stage like he was in a big auditorium, and they took pictures of him on the stage, but he had never even really given a speech before. So you, you need to position yourself that says, yes, I'm a speaker. This is what I speak about. This is the problem I solve for, for you. Um, this is what I can do for your audience. This is what makes me different. And um, then as you get experience, and you know, I know Anna has been doing this effectively. Every time you speak, get photographs, yeah. get video. At some point, you know, I hired a photographer. I hired a video person. And said, could I have this person there? You know, I'm doing this for free. Can I bring a video? Yes, of course. And now you've got the elements that start your speaker reel. Yeah. So when, 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 you know, when you make that transition from giving a speech free to a chamber of commerce to someone who's counting on you to do a good job, this person is hiring you and they don't want to get fired. They're betting everything on you. So you've got to have a speaker page that says, I can do this. You can trust me. Testimonies. Clips of your speeches. Uh, you, you, all those things add credibility to say, I, you know, I'm the person you can trust. Yeah. And how do you find out when you do start getting paid how much you should charge? 
Is that something that you cover in your in your classes? Yeah, uh, it, it, it is. I mean, it's it's sort of you know evolutionary. Um, the biggest problem that speakers and entrepreneurs make is they charge too little, and um, the, the the best idea is to is to have them make the offer first. You sort of see, you know, the first. I I, I never I never really you know, offer uh, a, a number. I'll say, what's your, what's your speaker budget? And then, uh, then you just kind of say, okay, well, sometimes you're surprised and you think, Ooh, that's more than I would have, you know, said. Um, sometimes maybe it's not enough. And you say, okay, well, here, I mean, here's, here's something that I've done, which has worked out wonderfully. So there was a university that wanted to bring me to Costa Rica. They said, well, we really don't have that much money, um, but we can fly you down. We can fly your wife down with you. We can give you a couple thousand dollars. I said, well, do you know someone in the resort business? Yes. Do they have a resort on the beach? Yes. Do they have a resort in the jungle? Yes. All right. Give me three free nights in the jungle, three free nights on the beach, fly us down, $3,000, we got a deal. <laughs> so I had a 10-day vacation in Costa Rica. Well, well, that's, yeah, that's, see, Ella, that's what we need to start doing. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> there's lots of different ways to, you know, and we talked about book sales, right? Yeah. We talked about, you know, maybe you, then you can do a VIP, a, a VIP. But there's lots of different things to consider, including if I go to this, can I get photos? Can I get video? Are there people there likely to hire me for other things? Will this lead to consulting? Uh, so it, there's there's no hard and fast number. You know, look, my number one consideration is, is this a cool place that my wife wants to go to? <laughs> can I make this a vacation? So there's, I mean, there's lots of there's lots of considerations, but but always ask what's the speaking budget. Yeah. And if they say five, if they say five, you say you know, gosh, you know, I could do it for sixty five, sixty five hundred. They'll say okay. So yeah, so that's yeah. and then you know, and then maybe you add on other things. So you know, feel it out first by seeing what what the budget is, and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. This is Bethan is uh, is saying here. This is golden nuggets, and it certainly is because this is a question I've been asked today, literally by somebody. Is like, how much do I charge? I'm doing a, a talk, and how much do I charge? And it's it, and it is exactly as you say, feeling your way, isn't it? You know, sort of with the experience that you've got, what they're looking for, who they are, and uh, the size of the audience, and all of those things. So, so yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. This has been fabulous, Mark. We're just about to sort of start wrapping up. So if there's any other quick questions that you want to ask out there, Simon Raybold wants to know what the soap story is about, but I think that we might have to save that for another day. Uh, read read, uh, read uh, Marketing Rebellion. I think it's chapter one or chapter two yes, of Marketing Mark Rebellion. And it, it'll, it'll sort of make you see the world in a different way. Yeah. 
let me show you this. This is obviously the the this arrived in my inbox this morning in your in your newsletter, which I receive your blog, and this is actually the course that you're running. So tell us a little bit about the the course that you run for public speaking. And yeah, and um, so I've got one that's starting in October. This is going to be the last course of the year. I have a few open slots left for that. It's not much money. I think it's I, I think it's two, $295. Um, and it's it's compact. It's um, it's two days and there's interaction. It's entertaining. You're going to learn a lot and you keep the videos so you can you can watch these over and over again because we do cover a lot of ground in those two days. Um, but the thing that's the most rewarding to me is that every person who's taken it has given it a five out of five and mm -hmm. said, you know, this is, this is the best investment, you know, I could make. And the thing that's most rewarding to me as a teacher is you hear people like Anna, um, like, you know, uh, other people have taken the class saying this changed everything. This was the most valuable class that I took. I mean, I'm not a bragging person, but I'm a good teacher. <laughs> That's my best thing. I'm a good teacher. Yeah. And actually that came, that came out, one of the things that I picked up looking at everything that you've done and looking at the uh, intro that I read out and, and everything that's on your website is I wrote down, you're an educator. It's what, it's what you do, you know, no yeah. matter what you are, what you're talking yeah. about, it's, you are an educator. And if you don't get my, my blog, uh, you can, if you go to my website, businessesgrow.com and go to classes, you can find uh, the speaking class. Fabulous. Right. We are now getting lo lots of questions in. So uh, just very one last one. Uh, uh, is there a secret to having your online speeches catch fire on Facebook and the like? So if you've got an online, if you, got, if you do an online talk, well, you get it well, to go viral. My, my, my online, my, my speeches never go viral because I don't put them out there. So, and, and most people don't. Now, if you're just starting out, you know, maybe. But whenever I give a speech, I don't want the whole world to see my speech. I want them to pay some organizer to come to the speech. So that's your, that's your IP. It's like giving your book away free to the world. I mean, my, my speech, I, you know, I put so much work into that speech. You know, it's like, I don't want everybody to read my book for free. I don't want everybody to hear my speech for free. Do I want to have them see little snippets? Yes. Do the organizers, should they be able to record it and show it to people online or people who couldn't make it? Yes. Do I want that to go into the world? No. You know, with almost no exceptions. So I might have little snippets uh, go go viral, but almost no, almost no professional speaker, unless it's a TED talk, you know, puts their whole talks out there. Yeah, no, that's that's very wise. That's yeah, perfect. Bethan says, which books would you suggest for when you're starting as a keynote? Well, of my books, I mean, like I said, definitely the book Known. Known is the best-selling book ever on personal branding. That is the number one thing you should work on to build a speaking career, period. End of story. It's not a website. It's not a book. It's not coaching classes. It's 
you've got to become known for something. And the more you become known and the longer you work on it, the more invitations you have, the more opportunities for monetization you're going to have. So you've got to start that. You've got to start that. And I, I uh, you know, I, so I recommend the book. I also know some of the people uh, have uh, known, I've got a personal branding masterclass that's similar to the speaking class. It's longer. It's six sessions over three weeks. And that starts the week after next. And uh, that's ready to close. But that's also, if you go to my website and look at classes, you can, you can find, um, you can find that as well. That, that one's ready to close. That's going to be my last class of the year. But, but you've got, you've, you've, the personal brand today is everything. It is your marketing. It's everything. For many companies, the personal brand is the brand. Yeah. Right. They're, they don't care what your logo is. They don't care what your slogan is. They want to know you. What do you stand for? You know, why are you unique? How do you help me solve a problem? Why should I trust you? That is everything, right? So we know Mark Masters here. You know, Mark is, that's how he's built his community, step by step by step. And it's, and it's not a rocket ship. It's not a hockey stick. stick. It's a little bit better. Week by week by week by week by week. And you just don't give up. Fabulous. That's a perfect, perfect place to end. Thank you so much, Mark. There's your uh, website, business, uh, businessesgrow.com. So you can go there, put a forward slash classes and you'll find all the classes, but you'll also find the podcast, the uh, marketing companion as well. So it's, it's all there. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. It's been in, in, just invaluable. Really, really Thank appreciate you. it. I haven't, I haven't talked much about the speaking side. So this was <laughs> lots of fun for me today. Yeah, no, that's I mean, it. Everybody else just all they want to talk about is AI. So it was a joy to not talk about AI for 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, no, this is this is what I love to talk about. So this is what I love to listen to. So thank you so much. Really, really. And everybody is saying thank you. Lots yeah. and lots of thank yous in there. Bang thank on the money, Mark. Yeah. Uh, brilliant insights. Uh, fabulous. So thank you, uh, everybody, for being here. Thank you for all your questions and all your comments. There will be, obviously, on YouTube uh, replay and in LinkedIn. So go and find uh, go and find it or recommend, it, re recommend to other people if they've not seen it live today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week with Mark Masters, who will actually be in your place next week, Mark. So, uh, yeah, see you all here next Tuesday. Bye.